Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars presented by Tomahawk Nation. Myself, Tim Allenball, uh, with two of my best friends here on the recruiting sites, Josh Pick and David Stout. We are ready to bring you all the latest Florida State recruiting news. And it's a big day. But before we get rolling, let's see how everybody's doing. David, Dr. David Stout in Jacksonville, surviving another Jacksonville storm. How are you, Dave? Uh, a little bit of rain can't dampen my spirits after the great news today. Good to be with you, boys. Glad to have you. Josh Pick, fresh off a kale run. How are you, sir? Yeah, I just knocked out a smoothie before the good doctor came on, so it's a shame that he missed that. But uh, happy to be doing a second, like second straight positive podcast. Like, what's going on here? I don't know. We're, we're wearing the uh, garnet-colored glasses today because uh, big news at 1 p.m., uh, offensive tackle, top 15 offensive tackle in the nation, Lucas Simmons, committed to Florida State over the likes of USC, Tennessee, and Florida. This is a massive get. Uh, he's the second highest rated prospect now committed to Florida State on this um, for this class, but potentially uh, a prospect with the highest, uh, the highest ceiling. David, I think I, I saw you saying earlier, this guy has potential to be a first round type player. I, I think he really does. This um, this is one of the most important recruits that FSU has in this whole cycle. And this has been pretty much all Alex Atkins. He's put a ton, ton, ton of work into 
uh, establishing an awesome relationship with Lucas Simmons. And make no mistake, I mean, this this was not somebody that fell in FSU's lap. I mean, USC really, really wanted Lucas Simmons. They had prioritized him. Uh, Tennessee made him a top priority. You know, UF thought they were in it, but they weren't really in it. But um, this is a huge get for Alex Atkins and Co. So you're talking true left tackle prospect he's six foot seven 300 pounds has an 82 inch wingspan um and he's still new to football which is insane to me because if you watch his highlight film i mean he just erases defensive ends it's incredible Uh, you know he uses those long arms to pretty much just neutralize them um and what's incredible is you know, if you if you watch the game by game tape, he gets better every week. But you can tell that there's still so much room for growth with him. Um, to me, this is somebody who uh, it would be a mistake to put him out right away because he's still so raw. Um, we've talked about on previous podcasts. He is from Sweden and he is new to football, um, but insanely athletic. So you really need to invest at least one good year of, you know, teaching technique and, and all that kind of stuff and building confidence before you put him out there. But to me, I see somebody with, with development and health, um, you know, in good standing, he is a multi-year starter. He's a prototypical left tackle, somebody you completely trust on the blind side of the quarterback. Uh, and he has the ceiling of a first round NFL draft pick. He's so intriguing with his athleticism. So yeah, this is a massive commitment on the trail. It keeps on the good news among the the offensive and defensive linemen that FSU has been racking up lately and um, couldn't be happier about this one. Yeah, I, I agree with David. This is a kid that doesn't have the highest floor of all the offensive linemen in the class, but arguably has the highest, ce- highest ceiling of any offensive tackle. And once Alex Atkins gets his hands on him and is able to mold him, I think this kid is a potential first-round pick. And not a kid that you want to rush in and try and play right away, but a kid that give him a year or two and this kid's going to be a monster. And, and, and another kid, A, that's a national recruit that Florida State's winning along with Big Rod Kearney and, and Keldrick Falk. But the type of kids you want in your program. They're not just national recruits, but they're not prima donnas. These are the kids that are going to be locker room leaders. They're going to do all the things the right way. They're going to kick butt in the weight room. They're going to go to the classes. They're going to do the job. And this is the kind of kid that Coach Norvell and Coach Atkins are going after. Yeah, Josh. I, yeah, I, I it was so refreshing to... because uh, – you know, sorry, Tim, to cut you off. It was so refreshing. One of the quotes that he gave, I, I think it was to 24-7, but I don't want to misattribute it, but paraphrasing – Uh, Somebody asked him, you know, what is the role that um, name image likeness is going to play in your recruitment? And Simmons just point blank said, it's not going to play a big role. Like, I'm going to make my money when I get to the league. Right now, it's all about development and relationships. And how refreshing is that, guys, to to have a prospect like this with this kind of reputation and this kind of national uh, prestige say something like that? And again, like Josh said, this is going to translate in spades in the locker room. And to your point, Josh, this is another opportunity for Florida State to actually kind of flex on the trail a little bit here. Uh, Like you said, another national recruit uh, now kind of on a roll for Florida State. Now, we can look around and we can look at Miami, who is just really on a roll right now. But we know largely a lot of that is due to the NIL backing there. And um, a lot of those guys that they're after will have to see what happens once the season gets started and Alabama and Georgia really start to heat up in the recruiting. Uh, Florida's had a little bit of positive momentum, but we've also seen some, some negative recruiting there. And Florida state has just kind of been this steady force for lack of better words over the last few months where they're 
picking certain kids, they're targeting those kids, and they're making sure they know that they're a priority, and uh, they're not casting such a wide net, I think. Yeah, and they, and they can point to the development that they've done. They can point to the family atmosphere at Florida State. They can point to consistency among the coaching staff. And as you said, yeah, they're, they're going after certain types of kids, and yeah, they're not going to land anybody. But, but you look at Florida State has struggled for, what, five or six straight years now, so that's going to rule out a bunch of kids. Florida State doesn't have as much money as all the other schools, so that's going to rule out a bunch of kids. And, you know, they're not in the SEC, so that's going to rule out a bunch of kids that just want to go play in the SEC. So Florida State doesn't have a ton to sell, but they're still in these blue-chip prospects, which tells you, should tell you a lot. And once Florida State gets rolling on the field, I think they're going to be, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with on the trail. Yeah, add in uh, potentially – some changeover in the staff at the end of the year. Maybe Norvell, uh, after a successful season, can attract some other coaches that can help match what Alex Atkins is doing on the trail. Uh, and you could really see a big boost happen for Florida State and in, in, in recruiting. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to go to, David, is just looking at uh, what this means for Florida State as a whole for the last few years. Uh, now up to the 34th ranking in the composite uh, but what I really want to look at is that their their overall player rating is above 90 uh, for the average. And that's with Jaden Jones not even being rated. Um, if you look at the the classes above them, to finally get somebody that, that matches up being above 90, you got to go all the way down to 24 where Louisville is spending their Adidas money, having probably their best recruiting season in a couple of years. So uh, you, get, you can go down 10 spots, but Florida State has not finished above 90 in the average player rating since the 2018 class. Now, I'm not saying that Florida State's going to end there this year, but the fact that that's what they're recruiting and they're, they're picking up players that are carrying that overall quantity over quality message, you definitely see a, a consistent plan by this, this coaching staff, David. You know, it is about the, the average star ranking per se. And, and what we have to keep in mind is – as Josh, Josh said, you've got, you know, two very subpar seasons under this staff that they have to go on. So you don't have your third season having started yet. And they're building this class through the trenches. And so with that, you're not going to get a ton of those sexy five star, four star players because there just aren't that many of them. Um, and so when you have that average of a star ranking and you know, you're building your recruiting class from kind of the inside out, you're not even talking about, you know, running backs and, and wide receivers and defensive backs where you see a lot more four-star, five-star players. And so that's, that's a really important, important point that you brought up, Tim. And, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, Bud Elliott talks a lot about the blue chip ratio. Um, and we've certainly discussed it plenty of times on our podcast as well. And, and this is how you get back to that level. Um, and, you know, as Josh said, this staff has been very, very intentional about how they're building the locker room because, you know, we saw Willie Taggart have some initial success with with the glitz of, you know, five stars and four stars. But he, frankly, he brought in a bunch of turds. And so you're seeing Mike Norvell and this staff bringing in, you know, a lot of high character guys, guys who aren't just necessarily chasing money um, or, you know, chasing conference prestige or whatever. They want to be here for the right reasons. And, and you know, it's very easy to, to try to explain away subpar recruiting by saying that you're being picky and, and just taking high character guys. But they're not just taking any high character guys. They're taking four star, upper level, three star um, 
character guys. And, you know, with Jones not even being rated yet, I would have him personally, I would have him as a low four star, you know, high three star at the lowest. And so that would even kind of bump things up a little bit more. So I really like the approach that they're taking. And, you know, again, when you when you put the context in all of these things and, and what FSU has to sell right now, I, I don't know that they could be doing any better against two in-state rivals who have the new coach smell. And, you know, we say Louisville, Miami, they're on a roll. They're certainly on a roll. They're on a bankroll right now. Um, and Miami's on a crypto bankroll. So hopefully that works out for these kids. But, um, you know, it's uh, we really can't say that they're underachieving per se because of what they have to work with right now. Yeah. And, and to your point, I like that they're building from the trenches out. Like that's how you win football games. You build up your trenches, you build up the depth on your depth chart, and then you can find guys that can play wide receiver and running back and do things. If you, if you're able to protect your quarterback and you're able to protect your running back and give them lanes to run the ball. And that's what they're doing. And that's, that's what I really, they're, they're prioritizing the most important positions. And if they can come and get another blue chip quarterback, this, this cycle, maybe we can talk about it in a second. That, that's going to be crucial. Yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. Because you, how do you land those four and five star skill players? You land them by showcasing an offense where the quarterback can operate, have enough time to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. And if you don't have an offensive line, you can't do that. And so these guys, you know, they fully understand the chess game that needs to be played and the domino effect that happens afterwards. So, you know, they're, they're definitely, they have a good plan. And I, it seems like Alex Atkins, the secret weapon, who's not such a secret anymore. He's definitely the executor of the plan. One other last note on Simmons, uh, the highest offensive line commitment for Florida state, if he sticks uh, since Landon Dickerson in 2015, uh, with him and Armella back to back, it's the first time Florida state has had, top like 160 ranked offensive linemen in back-to-back classes since 2014-2015 with uh with Rod Johnson and Landon Dickinson so uh crazy that Florida State has gone in that much of a drought but uh, if you're a Florida State fan it feels like it's been even longer than that when it comes to offensive line but Josh kind of hinted at uh building the you know building the inside out it kind of makes it more attractive for quarterbacks so uh, right before we jumped on the podcast on 24-7 site, two crystal ball uh, predictions have gone in for Brock Glenn to Florida State from some Auburn insiders. And so Auburn was the team that a lot of people had in Brock Glenn's driver's seat. So there is rumblings that there may be a commitment soon, and it's looking like Florida State might be that team, which, of course, will be a ripple effect uh, with Chris Parson and others. But Josh, I think we were kind of talking about this earlier. Uh, we talked about Ricky Collins. We talked about uh, Chris Parson and Brock Glenn. And out of all of them, though Parson had the better showing at Elite 11, Brock Glenn is probably the most consistent uh, with the highest ceiling of those three. He might not have the highest ceiling, but he has the highest floor. And I think right. that if I were to pick any of the three, he'd be the one I'd pick just because he's the safest pick. I think he's a kid that's going to come in and he's going to exude leadership right away. I think he's going to do all the little things. And I like that Florida State is finally maybe winning out with some of those Memphis connections with Coach Norvell and Coach Tokars. Yeah, floor ceiling. You know, I get those mixed up. You know, I'm just a humble Kentucky guy. Uh, David, um, I think when we were talking quarterbacks a couple weeks ago, Glenn was your pick as well. 
Yeah, he really was. And and at the time, it seemed like FSU might have a better shot with Collins than Glenn. Uh, but boy, how the winds have shifted on that. And um, that's cool about the crystal balls. I hadn't seen that. Uh, so that's that's definitely encouraging. And the thing to watch with Glenn is he's taken three official visits so far. So he has two left minimum. And then, of course, we know the rule that if a coaching staff gets fired, you know, you can take another visit to that school. Um so LSU recently offered him and he's certainly doing his due diligence on them. And LSU is surging on the recruiting trail. Um, so he, he may still use an official visit or two during the season. Um, especially if, you know, wherever he commits, we expect him to commit somewhere in July, um, wherever he commits in July, if that team starts out slowly or whatever, you know, he may still look at his options, but um, yeah, I, I echo everything Josh said. I think he's the safest option. And it'll be interesting to see what happens if he does commit to Florida State, because as we had mentioned on a prior podcast, he's a Tokars recruit, whereas Chris Parson is a Dillingham, Mike Norvell kind of recruit. And so with that, you know, Chris Parson has been saying the right things that, you know, he plans on being at FSU and enrolling early and being there in the spring and all that kind of stuff. But that's, again, with him being the only quarterback in the class. So once another guy jumps in, We'll see what happens with Parson, but to me, Glenn is good enough to where you take him and you just kind of let the chips fall where they may with Parson. Hopefully FSU can keep both. That would be a great, uh, great scenario. But um, if they get Glenn and Parson dips, then, you know, then so be it. But then the the onus really becomes on FSU, making sure that they hold on to Glenn and, and making sure that they, you know, never get complacent with him and, and continue to recruit him as though he is uncommitted. Josh, if uh, Brock Glenn comes to Florida State, how long till Chris Parson decommits? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Within two weeks, maybe I'll go and put my crystal ball in that if, when Brock Glenn commits, Chris Parson will be out of that class by the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's the case, is Florida State still going to look for a second quarterback? And I, I mean, I, I guess we'd be looking at probably names that aren't even on the board right now when it comes to the quarterback for Florida State. You guys crack me up, man. I'm over here trying to be diplomatic and you strip the damn Band-Aid off. <laughs> oh, geez. That's how I roll, dude. I'm just the way it is, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you said that, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, oh, watch this. I'm going to let Josh just knock it out of the park right here. <laughs> just pop the balloon in the young child's hand. That's, that's cool. Josh, but no, I think to your uh, point, yeah, Tim, yeah, they, uh, they, they're going to look for, you know, backup options in the high school ranks. They'll have time to, to um, you know, check out and see what happens in the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they, I think regardless, they're still going to want to try to take two kids in this class at quarterback. And then, of course, next season they have uh, Luke. I'm going to say it wrong, but Kromenheck, or however you say it, he's committed. A lot, of, a lot of people really like that kid as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Norvell and crew do the uh, quarterback transfer portal shuffle with those names, with Duffy uh, and, and, you know, 18th year senior Jordan Travis. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. Um, as far as upcoming Florida State recruiting news, um, I, we saw that Simmons was on FaceTime with Norvell right after his commitment, said he'll be back on campus on July 30th. That looks like, uh, Josh, that's like the next big calendar date for on-campus visits for the Seminoles. Yeah, Florida State's kind of using that as an end-of-the-summer big recruiting event, but uh, 
I guess the biggest thing to look for next is, is Daylon Smothers, who's been trending at least kind of based on the recruiting experts towards OU, but Florida State's still, still trying there, so we'll see what happens. We still don't have a date with Singleton, right? He hasn't mentioned any any particular date or anything. No, although I think he's no. going to go with uh, Juwan Sider up at Penn State soon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll see what happens there. Uh, well, the last piece of information I really wanted to kind of talk about today, and uh, we knew this was going to be a shorter one, more kind of an instant reaction to the Simmons news, but uh, yesterday, 2024, five-star cornerback, uh, Desmond Ricks, uh, there was a comment uh, attributed to him on uh, social media that basically after being what was thought to be a Florida State lean, he now has not heard from Florida State at all, didn't include him in his top list. And uh, there's, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of craziness around that, a lot of drama, a lot of people uh, saying this is negative, a negative nightmare for Florida State in the PR realm. Uh, and then the big rebuttal that perhaps this is not what it looks like. Um, I know we talked about it a lot yesterday in the uh, recruiting thread on Tomahawk Nation. David, I didn't know if you wanted to touch on that just for a minute before we call it a night. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> you know, again, I'll try to be as diplomatic as possible on this, but uh, the reaction from, at minimum, one of the other FSU recruiting sites about this was really disappointing. Um, it was very much a knee-jerk reaction. It was very much an emotional reaction. And I get it. Recruiting is emotional. But, um, you know, people who work for the recruiting sites, whether you're paid or not paid, if you have a voice uh, and people tend to follow you for information, you have a responsibility to really think things through before you react on something. So that was it was disappointing to, to see that. Um, my thoughts on it are number one, it's a class of 2024 recruits. So why the hell are we getting all worked up over that? Because we still have a full 2022 season to play and then a full 2023 season to play. So who knows what will happen? Um, also, you know, we've taught, we, we keep beating the drum on our podcast here about this coaching staff understanding what type of player they want in that locker room. Um, we've also made no illusions otherwise that FSU does not have the resources currently that other schools have. And so when you're talking about a kid like Ricks, who is going to be in the conversation for the top recruit in his cycle, um, he's going to get a lot of monetary lucrative offers. If Florida State at this moment knows that they're not going to afford him why on earth would you waste time dumping resources into somebody you know is going to leave you at the altar, similar to what the previous staff did with guys like um, Trey Sanders and uh, Evan Neal? Why would you do that? Why would you not just be realistic and invest properly into other targets who will help you before 2024? Um, and be realistic about things. Now, there's also somewhat of a deeper theory here that I just, I don't know enough about, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not subscribing or not subscribing to it, but uh, there's a theory that some of these kids are essentially being paid to say some of these things, which uh, this is something that has come up in the age of NIL and, and completely unregulated payments that, you know, who's to say a booster doesn't swing by a kid and, and say, hey, uh, if you go out and give an interview to one of the sites and say some negative things about our rivals, I'll give you a thousand dollars. 
Um, who's to say that's not happening? So I know that some folks are talking about that. Again, I'm not, I'm not dismissing it. I'm not subscribing to it. It could very well be happening. It could very well be, how old is he, 15, 16? It could be a 15, 16-year-old kid saying something stupid that he's going to regret later or just speaking his truth. So um, again, you know, I don't like to seem like I'm preaching in a pulpit or anything, but again, at Tomahawk Nation, we, we really try hard to try to keep things realistic and level-headed. Um, and so again, I will say, worry as much as you want to, but if you are in a position where you have an audience that seeks out your opinion and trusts you with that information, uh, maybe you should think a little bit about what you're going to say before you say it. And, and Josh, uh, to, uh, to David's point, you know, we have no, uh, no knowledge of whether or not there was any true negative recruiting going on there. There was some, some usual suspects in his top, uh, his top class. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I think when it really comes down to it, in my opinion, and I think Bud Elliott actually said this on, on the 24-7 site, I think this was a case of Florida State seeing the writing on the wall. I think they still kept regular contact with the kid, despite what was being said there. Uh, but they knew that they needed to turn their, their efforts elsewhere because that kid was probably going to get too big for the Seminoles. But pretty, pretty, uh, am I okay to say that, Josh? Yeah, and, and to David's point, like, they need to focus on 22-22 on the field and the 2023 class first. Like, if you start winning all of a sudden, then maybe you can kind of go after these 2024 blue-chip kids and maybe they'll look at you a little more seriously. I just, to me, I wonder if maybe some of these sites were a little bit spurned because they were pushing that, oh, Desmond Ricks is going to be a Florida State Seminole. He's going to commit soon. And and that wasn't going to happen and got a lot of people fired up. And then all of a sudden he's not in the top 10. And, oh, how are we going to answer this? Well, let's blame the staff and this, that, and the other. And and listen, we're not going to give the credit, give set credit to the staff when they don't deserve it. And we've set our piece about people that aren't pulling their weight on the trail and we'll continue to do so when they don't. But uh, we're just going to be honest about it. And, you know, it's, it's just not smart no, to get into bidding more for a 2024 kid right now. Yeah, to Josh's point on this, if you're Mike Norvell and his staff and you're worried about 2024 recruiting class, your chances are you're you're not going to be here in 2024 and somebody else is going to be recruiting those kids because you need to focus on what's in front of you. You need to focus on the 2023 class and you need to focus on getting a much better dadgum record. Um, and just a little bonus nugget on this, when, when it comes to Rick's. Um, in 2024, of course, who knows what could happen two years from now, but uh, you'll notice that Jackson State was in that top 10 there. Um, so I'm going to make a little prediction here. I think that uh, Dion is giving Mr. Ricks the same hard sell that he gave a certain Mr. Hunter before. Um, so watch out for Jackson State if Dion is still there. Watch out for them in Rick's recruitment. But I'm, at least it won't be FSU who gets punked this time. Well, and then we, we can talk about 2024, but Florida State's already got a quarterback in Luke committed. And you got Jordan Pride, you got Cam Davis, you got Camden Fryer. Like Florida, Florida State's doing pretty darn well for 2024 already. And so, again, they're recruiting the right types of kids and they're not going to get into bidding wars for kids that they don't really need to get into bidding wars with bigger schools for right now. Yep, totally agree. Well, guys, I think that's it for tonight. But before I call tonight, Josh. Am I missing anything? Any last notes, news? Um, I've been out all day, but we do want to push that we're hoping to get Big Rod here on the pod soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that. That'd be great. 
yeah, definitely efforting there to get that on there. Uh, of course, for anything Florida State, you can go out to Tomahawk Nation. Josh and David are roaming the, uh, the official recruiting thread there. And any questions or any notes, uh, you can definitely drop it in there and, and they'll be sure to jump on there. Also, uh, leave us five stars. Uh, leave us some reviews. We, we, got a, uh, we got a great review from somebody named No More Jeff Bowden. So uh, thank you for that. That was, that was, a, that was a phenomenal one. Uh, but yeah, let us know. And, and as always, if you have something you'd like us to talk about, you can drop it in the recruiting thread. Josh and David will either, either address it there or uh, we'll talk it over, potentially something to bring up on the podcast at some point. But uh, guys, thanks so much. Great day for Florida State. Uh, hopefully setting up a great rest of the month heading into the start of the season. Well, for Josh Pick, for David Stout, for Tomahawk Nation, I'm Tim Allenball. This has been the Florida State of Recruiting Podcast. Let's keep climbing.